3: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one
4: of
5: those idiots who believe in analytics.
6: It is a numbers game here on vSIN. Hour number two here on a Wednesday morning. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Brian Ortega is here as well. We'll have Robbie Calland of Uprocks in a second. But because Brian Ortega, again, regretful for saying the New Orleans Saints would finish behind the Atlanta Falcons already on this show. You did have a question on Carolina, though, because uh, Christian McCaffrey does still exist.
5: Yeah, that entire segment. I was just thinking, there's somebody that's really good. Yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah, McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah, he still yeah. exists.
6: Yes. So, question with him is as always: Can he play remotely close to a whole schedule? You're right. Which the answer has been a resounding no over the recent past, but. Again, yeah, if he stays healthy, Mr. McCaffrey's every bit as good or better than the running backs that Baker had in Cleveland. I Again, I think I I love Nick Chubb. Just the guy who traditional old said running back, give him the ball 25 times, it doesn't matter. McCaffrey obviously very different than that. So it'll be, we'll, we'll have Baker props later in the show, but it will be fascinating to see what that looks like in Carolina. But Robbie Callen's with us right now. Uh, of course Uprock Sports is where you find Robbie's great work, our calendar on the tweets. Robbie, I, I guess we can start with Carolina and then work our way through everybody else. Cause uh you are a Cleveland Browns fan by trade. What do you think Baker looks like in a new location now? Of course, after that tumultuous twenty twenty one season of a year ago.
4: I think he looks like Baker Mayfield. Um Look, I mean, this is, we kind of know at this point who he is. Like, I think he's an upgrade over Sam Darnold. Uh, I am looking forward to the training camp reports that come out because both of these guys are guys that look better in practice than they do on the field come Sunday. Um, So I look forward to just hearing numerous reports about how it's a great quarterback competition in camp uh, because prepare yourselves for that happening because both these guys do that every year. Look, I think Baker, is. it's going to come down to, you know, what does he do with this uh, wide receiver core? Uh, Robbie Anderson kind of rather famously was not a big fan of Baker before he came. Uh, he gets to re-team with, with old friend Richard Higgins. Uh, DJ Moore is there. I mean, you, you think about the guys he should have on the field consistently. I think they actually work pretty well with him because he is best when he is working underneath um in, in the intermediate, you talk about a guy like D.J. Moore in particular, I think that's where he is at his best. So I think that's going to be a good combination. And then you talk about McCaffrey coming out of the backfield, catching balls. I think that helps Baker, again, another underneath option. Um, his issue was he had guys, you know, the reason him and Odell never got together is he just doesn't have the confidence uh, to really let it rip down the field. And Odell is a guy who wants to run deeper half of the field routes. Uh, I think if I think that, that helps him. I think Matt Rule's offense, kind of similar, is not going to be super explosive, going to keep him underneath. Um, I, I think he looks fine in Carolina. He probably looks better than he did last year because the shoulder was a real issue. The problem last year with Baker was he would not just sit. He was very clearly hurt. And then he kept playing. He got hurt multiple times and kept insisting on playing and insisting the shoulder wasn't an issue. And if you're going to do that, then we have to evaluate you on what you're doing on the field. And he was awful. Uh, I think he looked some better. I don't think it's enough to make Carolina anything close to a playoff team, uh, especially because their schedule, especially in the front half, is, is pretty brutal.
6: Robbie, uh, j- just, uh, just looking at the rest of this division, uh, we'll, we'll... – We'll go, from, we'll go from good to bad here, so we'll save the Falcons for last, which is basically the common theme of this, this show today. For Tampa, of course, Bruce Arians resigns pretty late in the game, retires, I should say. Todd Bowles, who we've already seen be a head coach in this league, takes over. Tom Brady retires, then unretires, uh, back for his age 45 season. I, Robbie, I, I, something really bad would have to happen for Tampa not to win this division for me but the bigger question is what is this team ceiling winning a second lombardi in 3 seasons or is this a team that just is going to dominate a bad division but when the competition ratchets up in the playoffs that they may not be able to handle it
4: yeah i mean i think i think they kind of look like they did last year right um, I, I think you're you're spot on with that. I mean, look like if you have Tom Brady, you have a chance, and if if things break the right way, um, the nice thing for them is they. I mean, they should have a pretty good shot at home field in round one of the playoffs, if not further in, just because of the division they play in. They should get five wins at minimum out of that. Um, I, you know, it's it's one of those things where the catastrophe obviously is if you don't have Tom Brady then it's Blaine Gabbert season which is problematic uh and if you're looking at you know how does how do the bucks not win this division it is an early brady injury but aside from that it's hard to see where this team isn't better uh than everybody else in the division um by a pretty decent margin but obviously if you take Tom Brady away from this and this was the concern i mean they were they were i think you know, their, their odds were much shorter before Brady came back because it was like, okay, like, who's going to be the signal caller because their offense is Tom Brady, you know? I mean, he is the one that makes this thing go. So, obviously, when you have so much hinging on a 44-, 45-year-old quarterback, there is a little concern. Um, but, look, this is still a really good defense. Um, I'm not sure if they're better than the Saints, but they're close to the Saints on defense. Um and offensively, they just have more weapons. They have, you know, adding, you know, Chris Godwin, and, and you just look down the list and, and you just like what they've done. Um, and, yeah, I I, I just – it's hard to see where they don't win this as long as Tom Brady plays 13 games, I think.
6: Maybe even 12 at this point, Robbie. I just, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's just a big it's, it's, difference he picks between the, right one. the rest of them.
4: Yeah. Yeah. The the one thing I do like about the Saints is that defense. Like New Orleans defense last year was really good. They just didn't have a lot of help offensively because they started chasing hell a bunch.
6: Well, and, and Robbie, let, let, let's just go there to New Orleans because on yeah. paper here, we expect Michael Thomas to be ready for the season. You, you bring in Olave in the draft, you bring in Jarvis mm. Landry as a free agent, bringing him back home. Mm. There are question marks of. How much will, of of Camaro will we see because of the incident here in Vegas? But I, mm-hmm. offensively speaking here, how much of a concern of Sean Payton obviously stepping away, and now again, we saw Sean Payton call plays all those years. The one year he wasn't there uh, was the uh, Bounty Gate year, and New Orleans underachieved that season. How much of a concern for that offense where obviously everything that could go wrong at the quarterback position went wrong for them last year, but without Sean Payton there, I am concerned that, even though it is his staff still, that without Sean Payton calling the plays, you're in a scenario where New Orleans will underachieve again offensively.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about, you know, in the NFL, the margins are so slim for winning and losing that having the wrong calls at the wrong time makes a difference, and not having a guy who's called plays and understands the rhythm of the game and understands when to kind of be more aggressive and when not to is is a big deal. And it's hard to quantify because it, it comes up in weird situations. It comes up in, in those key moments in the two-minute drill. Uh, it it's It's a matter of, you know, can you get those, steal those points at the end of the half, at the end of the game, at the beginning of, you know, that that's 4 minutes before and and after halftime it's it's those sorts of things where Sean Payton was really good uh at understanding the importance of those and you wonder if that same thing is going to be uh you know instilled in the staff that that you know worked for him but can they put that into play and it's certainly a concern but I do think if there's anything that helps, it's, it's you add some new pieces so so maybe you get a little bit of freshness, it's not like you have a complete, you know, if it was just Michael Thomas coming back and it was just, you know, wondering about Alvin Kamara and Jameis and it was going to be the same group, then I think it becomes harder to replicate. But when you add Alave and you add Jarvis Landry, I think the nice thing is it becomes easier for this staff to kind of put their own imprint on things. Cause they're going to want to do some different things because they have more weapons that are different than they've had in the past. And I think if there's anything uh, as a Saints fan that you look forward to is maybe a little bit of a different attack, opening it up, using the fact that Jameis, you know, I talked about Baker doesn't like to push it downfield. That's what Jameis is best at. That's when you are at your best with Jameis is when he does that. And it was one of the things that frustrated Saints fans um, when he was in the game, is they didn't necessarily let him uncork uh, that arm strength. And having Alave, having Jarvis Landry, having Michael Thomas back, theoretically allows you to do that more. Uh, And I'll be interested to see if they do that, because I think that's the big swing uh, that could make them a little better, is if Jameis is healthy uh, and they let him push it downfield with downfield thrust. I mean, Alave can can get after it uh, in, in the deep third. I think that could be good. I'm kind of bullish on the Saints. Like, not like as a necessarily like a lock for the playoffs, but I think they're going to be in the wild card hunt. And and I think what's their win total? Eight, eight and I, a I half. Think yeah, they could go over that. Yeah, they, yeah. I think eight, eight and a half. I think they 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 have a good chance to go. I mean, they won nine last year, and we're playing Peyton Hill a bunch. No, hey, look, I eight, can't get, get over that.
6: Right, Rob yeah. Robbie. Rob, Rob, the big concern for me is go. Like, like I said, going from. Sean Payton to Dennis Allen at head coach. Sean Payton to Carmichael and company mm-hmm. and calling plays. That's my big concern. But if Jameis is healthy, we saw last year when Jameis was healthy, thought he was pretty good. Thought he was a league average quarterback. Yeah. And with that defense, mm-hmm. that might be enough to get you to nine, ten wins. And you get ten mm-hmm. wins in the NFC, you're getting one of those wild cards. You know that for certain. <laughs> yeah, Robbie, sure. Robbie, uh, we're running into the wall here. So hold on. Stay with us. we got to get your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons. And, of course, we're getting tighter on the college football season almost a month away to week zero. So, we'll get Robbie's thoughts on the Falcons and on college football as well. That's coming up next, a numbers game here on Visa.
3: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win
0: a one on one concept. Yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it.
3: like that, see that?
7: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, point game. I remember you came out from crying, <laughs> crying tears.
2: I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? <laughs> I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs>
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Back on a numbers game here on v Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Barros Brian Ortega is here as well, and Looks like Skype is working, so we get to see Robbie Callen's face now. This is, this is going to be fun. There he is. Here's Robbie, of course, of Up Rocks as well. You can get him on the tweets at Callend. Robbie, I saved the best for last in the NFC South. And by best, I mean, oh, this could be very ugly this year for the Atlanta Falcons. Who, Robbie, we, we have seen this in the past with teams that were bad the year before that won probably two or three more games than they're supposed to. And Atlanta won seven last year. They had no business winning seven. Now Matt Ryan is a Colt. Marcus Mariota is now the opening day starting quarterback. Uh, you have basically, other than Drake London, you have no wide receivers now. Calvin Ridley suspended for gambling on his, on his own team. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Who among us? Yeah, who yeah just, just, just ridiculous that his over. And then Kyle Pitts, of course, coming off an all-time great year as a tight end. But other than Kyle Pitts and Drake London, there is absolutely nothing to be excited about for Atlanta here.
8: No, it's, um, the, And the thing is, is like they're going to play Desmond Ritter at some point. Oh
6: yes. We, yes. Like they're going to, they're
8: going to play him and see if he's like a guy and they're going to learn. He's not a guy. Um, like they're talking about how he's like light years ahead of other rookie quarterbacks. And yeah. No, like, no, oh, not quite. Guys. Oh no. Oh No, Uh, I mean, I mean, you and you look at that schedule like, whoo, that's a tough first half of the schedule. Um, Yeah, man, it's not going to be fun for, for Atlanta. And like, I think fans are at least better prepared now. Like you ship Matt Ryan out and I think they're like, all right, let's be bad. Let's go get somebody. The problem is, I'm not sure if there's quarterback necessarily you're trying to get this year in the draft that you feel absolutely like it's a stone cold lock. Cause like probably talking about Bryce young, who's like five ten, Um, and I'm not completely sold on, on him necessarily as a NFL quarterback, but that's another conversation for another day. Uh, yeah, man, like they're going to be bad. They're going to try to be bad. It's not a guarantee. Deion Jones is on the roster. Cause there's a big cap hold. Like they can save like something like 14 million if they move on from him before the season starts or something like that. Like there's, there's some ways that they really get worse before the season starts. And I think their goal is to be one of the worst teams. And uh, look, when, when that's the directive from the top, you just should listen to it and uh, probably take the under.
6: Eddie Goldman signed with the Falcons 14 days ago and he retired yesterday.
8: I mean, I think you only thought, sometimes you here. just want to retire in Atlanta. Who doesn't man? <laughs> like sometimes you got a lifelong bear. Sometimes you just got to retire in Atlanta. What a move. Powerful. <laughs> it's just
6: incredible stuff. By the way, Atlanta's wind is four and a half juice to the under. So even, even the, 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 uh, the numbers out there are ugly like that.
8: They know, like they know they don't want to win. <laughs> like, and they don't have. Like the thing is, I mean, how many games are they going to be favored in? Maybe Seattle, but that's on the road. They're not going to be favored against Seattle. I mean, the only on the the, road, on the, if that was at home, they might be favored against Seattle. Chicago
6: week 11. If things are really bad for the Bears,
8: but if like the Justin Fields thing's going terribly. Maybe, but I I mean, they're not going to be not at Washington, not in the division at all. I I just don't. It's going to be tough.
6: Yeah. They could legitimately be an underdog in all 17
8: games. Yeah, so let's under
6: fire. <laughs> Four and a half on the Falcons. We'll have the full Falcons preview later in the show. That's uh gonna be a doozy here on our NFC South day. Uh but Rob, Robbie, in the end here, I, I think you and I are pretty simpatico here in this division. Tampa wins it, New Orleans finishes second, Carolina's third, and then Atlanta's one of the two worst teams in the NFL. That's correct. No, so we're 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 in agreement on that. Uh Robbie, let's uh let's go to college football because the, uh, the matchup between Nebraska, Northwestern, and Dublin that we've all been waiting for to open the season is coming sooner rather than later. But, but Robbie, just as a whole here in college football for me, mm-hmm. Alabama and Ohio State are so comically in front of everybody else. Even Georgia, there's a gap mm-hmm. between Georgia and those two teams this year. Mm-hmm. How do we, unless if Georgia obviously is the one to bust this up, but in a non-Georgia path, How do we get busted up from an Ohio State Alabama title game when this is all said and done?
8: Uh, Somehow they end up two and three in the rankings, like something crazy, or one and four, or you know, like there's got to be, you know, some mid season injuries where they end up in the semi against each other, like really, like or or something crazy happens where one gets upset and there's an undefeated. I don't know, man. Like Clemson <laughs> has to run the t- Clemson has to run the table, and then and that's you betting on DJ to be good when he was just bad. Like that's basically it. You have to hope that whatever happened last year in Clemson was an aberration, and this year they're going to be back to being uh, one of the very best teams in college football. But I, I didn't see last year with DJ. I didn't see where where the big leap comes from. Um, so I look, man, I don't know, uh, because you look at the pac 12 and I know everybody's excited about USC, but they still don't have a great line and they still can't play a whole lot of defense. They got a lot of toys for Lincoln Riley on offense, but I, I don't see it there. If, if we're going, by the way, pac 12, just a little, I like Utah plus three pack 12 title. Uh, I just think they're tougher than everybody else in that conference. And I, I just, I like them. Go Utes, big Utah guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like Michigan does something crazy. I I don't know. It, it, you, everything that you have to talk about is basically Georgia finds a bunch of guys that replace all the guys they lost to the NFL. Like that's it. Yes. Yeah,
6: so, so, so basically your, your, your answer is unless it basically prayer, I mean the, the, the one scenario, the easiest scenario would be, Ohio State blows a regular season game mm-hmm. Georgia and Alabama both go undefeated Georgia wins the SEC title game. That's the yes. only path that's even somewhat real here to avoid an Alabama yes. Ohio State title game where Ohio State's win total Robbie is either 10 and a half with massive juice on the un- on the over massive like minus 260 on over ten and a half or 11 so you're basically asking them to go undefeated. And you look at Ohio State's schedule. I mean, assuming they don't blow the Notre Dame game week one, which that game is in the shoe. It's Marcus Freeman's first game. I don't see how that happens. And then, of course, you get Michigan, who, of course, finally beat Ohio State last year. Oh, by the way, that game's in the shoe. That's Mm -hmm. a game Ohio State's not going to blow. The rest of their schedule, I mean, their conference road games are Michigan State, That was a very competitive two and a half minutes last year at Penn state. All right. It'll be the whiteout game. Crazy things could happen in happy Valley at Northwestern. Northwestern is the worst team in the conference this year. And at Maryland, there are no losses on a regular season schedule for Ohio state. They're going 12 and up barring injury.
8: Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's, and that's always the caveat is injuries, but you're also talking about the two teams that are best equipped to deal with those. Especially in the regular season, like if they can get guys back by the postseason, um, those are two teams that are best equipped them and, and and Georgia. But again, Georgia lost what like five first rounders. Mm-hmm. Like they they just they lost so much um, that it's hard to figure out exactly. Like they lost everything while Bama just kind of kept their same group, and so they're in the position that Bama's found itself in a number of times. So. I don't know the answer for you. Uh, I think if you're a college football fan, it's pretty much the same thing it's been for it for a long time now, which is enjoy the week to week, you know, enjoy the battles for conferences that are not the big 10 and the sec. Uh, dig in on your team, have some fun and then expect the expected when it comes to the end of the season. Cause that's what we get every year. And it's not going to change. And um, that's all right. You know, like I think the one thing that college football has over pretty much every other sport right now is that the fans understand that better than everybody else. And so I think fans are more engaged in the regular season in college football than maybe anywhere else. And I think that's the healthiest way to go about it, because the other the, the alternatives to just go, well, what's the point? But it's more fun to be a diehard caring about whether you make a bowl game or whether you can beat your rival. And I think that's the one thing college football has over a whole lot of other sports right now.
6: Robbie, in 20 seconds here, Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy winner. Do we get a repeat with Young, or is it going to be Stroud this go-around?
8: I'm going to go, go C.J. Stroud. I think that offense is going to be nasty.
6: Yeah, I, I would love to go down the board and take uh, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, but I, you just can't take a wide receiver. Even though we over just saw Devontae Smith do it a few years ago, we're not going to see two out of three. It's just not going to be the no. case. So yep. I'm with you. I think, uh, again, he's Stroud's the betting favorite over Young right now in part because of how hard it is to win back-to-back or win two, period. Uh, Hello, Archie Griffin, but other than that, uh, it's Stroud. I'm with you. I I don't see how Ohio State loses a game in the regular season, and I wouldn't be shocked if they win every game by at least two touchdowns. That's how good that team is. Robbie Calland, UpRock Sports is where you find his work. R. Calland on the tweets. Robbie, always a pleasure to catch up, buddy.
8: Thanks, Jeff. Do well.
6: Good to see Robbie Calland this morning. We Get to see one of the NFL's worst next in, in Atlanta here on A Numbers Game. VEASAN Summer Special is live for just $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now through the end of July. Sign up today and you get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR as well. So if you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, live video stream so you can watch us whenever you want, costs just 19 American dollars to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now, VEASAN.com slash summer, where you take advantage of it. Big shout out to Robbie Callan for joining us the last two segments. Brian, we'll have more college football talk later this week and next week. It is, it is truly remarkable the gap between Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and then a the gap again.
5: Yes. to everybody else. You're right.
6: It just it's just what it's going to be, and it will be fascinating because remember last year, like Georgia was clearly the best team all year. Alabama beats them in Atlanta then I was guilty of this, too, of saying, oh, maybe Georgia's not that good. Maybe we should bet on Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Boy, what a waste of money that was to end the calendar year last year. Georgia, if then, of course, goes wins the national championship. So I'm curious if we get one of those situations. That would honestly kind of, unless Georgia ends up being better than we think and ends up being as elite as they were last year, kind of. Kind of be unfortunate. We kind of be unfortunate if we don't get Alabama, Ohio State in the title game. Yeah, a true. redux of the 2020 season. So we'll see what happens there. All right, the moment everyone has been waiting for today. I know Brian's been excited for this. The energy high here as we get to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Ah, yes, the Atlanta Falcons here last year. One of the bigger overachievers there were. was it? The NFL a year ago. The overachieving got them seven wins. Matt Ryan, no longer a Falcon. He's now an Indianapolis Colt. Arthur Smith in year two. Atlanta last year, Brian Ortega, had a point differential of minus 146. The only team in the NFC with a worse point differential than them, the New York football Giants. The only teams in the NFL with worse point differential period than them, including the Giants, The Jets, the Texans, and the Jaguars. Elite club. That is not the position you want to be in. (laughs) With the worst of the worst a year ago. And now, if you look at Atlanta's depth chart. By the way, I mentioned this with Robbie. Eddie Goldman, who played his whole career in Chicago, legitimately signed with the Falcons 14 days ago. He retired from football yesterday. It just it's just so such a, a a roster that is made to lose this year. And we said that about Houston last year once we knew Deshaun Watson was going to play. We've said that about other teams in the past. Now, with a win total of four and a half in a seventeen game season, you do have to tread carefully a little bit here because what happens, Brian, and we saw this there was one very infamous one that I always remember, and that was the 2017 New York Jets, who on paper had one of the worst rosters I can ever remember going into an NFL season. They had a win total of four and a half in a 16-game season. What happened? They win five. More recently, the 2019 Dolphins, who for the first six weeks of the season, Brian, you remember this, they look like the worst team in league history. Like, forget the winless Browns. Forget the winless Lions. The 2019 Dolphins, through the first six weeks of, the, of that season, looked like the worst team of all time. I remember being on the air during week one of that season here against the Ravens, and that game was over three minutes into the game. They lost that game 59-10. Remember everyone was celebrating in week five when – They lost 17-16 to Washington, and it's like, oh, they got to go for two. They might not win another game the rest of the season. Miami won five with a win total of four and a half, and it was so bad they had a week five bye that the win total, Brian, adjusted to two and a half after four weeks. It was so bad. So that is the only thing you have to really tread carefully when betting it under that that is comically low like this. And remember, we're in an extra game now. This probably would have been a four or even maybe even
5: a three and a half in a 16 game season. So with that, with the team being so bad, which it looks like it's going to be, which by the way, I haven't mentioned
6: Marcus Mariota is going to be the starting quarterback week one. As Robbie said in in, in two segments ago, they are going to attempt to play Desmond Ritter at some point, and that is not going to
5: work. Yeah. It's it, it, yeah, just not at the caliber, but like, like the, the, the dolphins, that one season, sure. They play, this is kind of a weird thing, but they played hard. Like they would have close games. Yeah. Brian, is this for,
6: Brian Flores, you, I, if there was an argument to be made that Brian Flores could have gotten coach of the year votes on a five and 11. Yeah, team that
5: like year. So do you think this team is a team that's going to be really good against the spread, but just terrible straight Ooh, up?
6: Okay. So that's a very good question because let's put the schedule on the screen for everyone who's watching at com. They are going to close probably six point underdogs week one at home against new Orleans. They are going to be a massive underdog against the Rams week. Two. Double digits, right? Double digits. Easily. You look through the rest of this schedule. they are going to be double digits at Tampa. They'll probably, if Tampa needs a game week, 18 be double digits at home against Tampa. They'll be double digits at Cincinnati. They will probably be a touchdown dog at least at home against the Niners. If Chicago is six and a half in week one, Atlanta will probably be more than that week six when we have seen a sample size of them being terrible. Chargers, they probably won't be double digits at home. If that game was in L.A., they'd be double digits. They'll be double digits at New Orleans week 15, double digits at Baltimore week 16. So, when you're talking about a team that's going to be a double digit dog in multiple games, Brian, could their spread record look okay? Absolutely. Absolutely, they could end up around 500 against the spread. Now, the problem is, and, and really the biggest problem, and Robbie mentioned it, and I'm going to mention it again. If Marcus Mariota, let's say Atlanta starts one in six, okay? Let's say they start one and six. Because they have a very late bye. They have a week fourteen bye. Week eight against Carolina feels like the spot. At home, division rival. You see the same team twice in two in three weeks. Maybe a little bit easier for Ritter to prepare for the same defense twice in a short period of time. What happens if Atlanta starts one and six and then Ritter comes in week eight? If Desmond Ritter starts, I don't see them winning more than one game with him as a starter. I really think it's going to go poorly for Ritter when he plays. And, again, there's a reason he fell. There's a reason Malik Wills fell. Again, I would have taken Malik Wills ahead of Ritter, that's for sure. No hesitation there. But this is this is where this gets interesting. Because, again, you have a ridiculously low win total of 4.5. By the way, as we mentioned before, Calvin Ridley suspended for the whole year for betting on NFL games. Drake London as a rookie is probably their number one wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is really the one guy offensively you can get excited about. Cordero Patterson had an awesome year last year. I don't see that happening again with, just again, a horrible team around him. Brian Edwards? Zikidis? Auden Tate? Demir Demir Bird? Like, those are guys who are going to be catching passes this year. Uh, Almadik Sikidis was was pretty reasonable last year as a number three. But this roster stinks. This roster stinks. And defensively, other than A.J. Terrell and Grady Jarrett, where, again, who knows, they might cut Deion Jones in training camp because it saves him cap room. What do they have? Like Casey Hey? why why did Casey Hayward go there? <laughs> like I know like money speaks, but come on. I, this is just this is this defense for Atlanta where you have two guys where again Grady Jarrett's perennially underrated. Same thing with AJ Terrell. This roster's horrendous. And I did not like my early returns on Arthur Smith either. I know they overachieved. They won a bunch of close games they shouldn't have last year. That is the telltale sign for a regression. I hate to bring this always back to, to a Jet team, Brian, but the 2019 Jets overachieved, went 7-9. and Had one of the five worst point differentials in the NFL. What happened the next year? They were 0-13 before Jared Goff forgot how football worked. So They look a lot like the 2020 Jets to me, where they were lucky to win a bunch of games last year and then two and 15 for Atlanta and a number one overall pick, somehow actually having a worse record than Houston, squarely in play for the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to be bad guys. When we come back, we're going to look, we're going to, I'll give you my order of finish in this division. And, Interesting comments from the All-Star game from Aaron Judge. That's next, the numbers game.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: BetMGM the King of Sportsbooks unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credit like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit gym.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. You know, Brian Ortega, I'm going to tell you this. By the way, I'm Jeff Carlson for Alexander. Brian Ortega, my chair. I'm very happy that we uh, we have to do a betting spin on most of this because one of the questions on one of the big morning shows on one of the big other networks legitimately asking former Jets special teams coordinator, Mike Westhoff, how they could
5: have used Tim Tebow better in 2012. <laughs> it is 2022. I mean, it's, it's, it's Wednesday. It's, Wednesday. it is Wednesday. <laughs> That's
6: true. It is Wednesday in July. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's also, as we said, like just looking through the possibilities of things to bet today, Brian, the WNBA, which would be, be far and away the most bettable thing on the board today. Only has one game. That one game starts in 14 minutes. It's the Storm in the Sky, which, by the way, tremendous game. The two best teams in the WNBA this year, or two of the three, I guess. Technically, the Aces are a half game ahead of the Storm, but you want a playoff team.
5: I'd rather have the Storm than the Aces. True. It's because they got to get ready for the ESPYS tonight. That's true. The ESPYS yep. are tonight. marketing your calendar. Yeah, I will not watch. I can guarantee you on that. Have not watched. Me neither.
6: I don't yeah. even remember the last time I watched the Espies.
5: Been a long time. Yeah, unless Aaron Rodgers wins, I'm not watching. <laughs> what is he up for? Best male athlete? Best male athlete and he should not win. No. There's just there's just so many other athletes that are just so much better. Shouldn't it be Otani? Otani you know, would be very interesting. Is yeah. in LA. I saw him in a suit yesterday. Looked great. Oh, I'm sure. Should do that again.
6: Yeah, I think I, I think I think it Probably sh- I don't know who the, the nominees are. You're- it's,
5: it's funny. Those are the two people that I remember. That. I oh, think that, Steph, is, Steph might be in it as well, but I think Steph is also hosting. Okay, so, yes. Oh,
6: yeah, sure. Why not? Oscars are,
5: our Oscars are like a, more than a, less than a year. We're just, just making this up as we
6: go with the ESPYs. I, I know that for there. Uh I'll be very quick here because I mentioned it already with Robbie. Order of finish in this division. Tampa's going to win a division. I'm not really interested in minus, laying minus 300, but – Tom Brady makes it 15 games. It's very hard to see anyone possibly even catching Tampa. This is from last year. So last year, of course, Tampa wanted New Orleans finished second, Atlanta finished third, Carolina finished fourth. We're just going to flip the last two teams for this year. Tampa's going to win the division. New Orleans is going to have a real shot to make the playoffs. I have to go through it again because I, I, Brian, the way I do this for win totals is I have, Two versions, the early version and the late version, and I usually take the later version. One of ver- one version at New Orleans is the sixth seed. One version at New Orleans not making the playoffs. So we're going to have to figure out which version is correct there uh, before making any proclamations on New Orleans playoff bets, which, by the way, move all my bets going into the month of August coming next Friday. We'll do that next Friday when we're through all eight divisions. Noted. Producer Mark right there for Ortega. Carolina will finish third. Atlanta will finish last. The question is, will Atlanta be the worst team in the NFL and get the first pick next year? That is the big question for Atlanta. Carolina, as we said, Baker Mayfield, what do we get out of him? And even though I barely mentioned him, Christian McCaffrey plays a full season somehow. That could look very different for Carolina. Maybe they're the team that jumps up and shocks everyone and steals the 7th seed in the NFC.
5: Who's worse than the Falcons this year? Who would be worse? Because like you said, okay. So it's very, it's very scary. simple. Terrible. The only, the only win totals that
6: are—it's them in Houston are the bottom of the barrel, and I think the Jets will be better. The only question will be how many wins did they end up because they're first, and we'll go through this on Monday of next week in the AFC East Day. Their first half of the schedule is a disaster. They could be vastly improved from last year and start one at seven. That's just how hard their first half is. So they could end up with less losses, or, or excuse me, as many losses as Atlanta potentially, where they both end up at four, but be a much better team. Jacksonville, I expect to be better, so knock them out. I think it's I think it's pretty simple. I think it's Atlanta, and I think it's Houston. I think those are the only two teams you can realistically consider. Now. I destroyed Chicago yesterday. I destroyed Washington the day before. Both of those teams are much better than Atlanta and Houston. at least should be.
5: So speaking of what we're going to talk tomorrow, sure. you didn't say this team and I'm very excited to do it. Cause I am a Packer fan. Oh, I, they're, they're, I know where the, you're going in the NFC West. Yes. The Seahawks, you know they the, don't have Russell Wilson. you know, not the, feeling good about it. You know what the thing with
6: the Seahawks is, and we'll go fully in length with them tomorrow. They feel like a team that will have no idea how to tag because of their head coach. They will have no clue how to tank properly. So Seattle could, and we'll fully go into them tomorrow. Seattle could very easily be, like, point differential-wise, could be a bottom three team very easily. But they would be the team like Atlanta last year who won close games randomly. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the year, it's like, wait, that Seattle team won seven? How did that happen with Drew Locke and Geno Smith playing quarterback? Which, by the way, would probably buy Pete Carroll another three years, and that would not be good for that franchise moving forward. Game has passed the gentleman by, so yeah, I, I would. I, Seattle's kind of in that Chicago, Washington part of the pyramid for me. We'll talk more NFC West tomorrow. I, I that is that is going to be a fun division to talk about tomorrow on the show because defending Super Bowl champions, probably the biggest unknown of a good team going into the year in San Francisco. Because we don't know if it's going to be Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo still, and it's July 21st tomorrow. The Cardinals—they over, they underachieve. Is this it for Kyler in, in the desert? And we know it'll probably be it for Cliff. We got a lot of interesting questions tomorrow on uh, on the NFC West. We still have time to uh, hear from Aaron Judge here. All yeah, right. let's do it. All right, we're gonna. Yesterday before before uh, the game in batting practice. Uh, Marley Rivera, who does a great job covering baseball for, for ESPN, uh, asked this of Aaron judge in a response, uh,
3: Response was quite a uh,
6: quite interesting. Let, let's take a li- listen from uh, yeah, he ESPN. son named Jacob,
3: who came up the other day really upset from his school in Astoria. He Just came up and like, "Are you telling me that Aaron Judge may not be a Yankee after this year?" What do you have to tell to Jacob right there and tell all your fans that want you to remain in a Yankee uniform?
1: Uh, I wasn't okay. gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, we're on live TV.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, Jacob, buddy. Um,
5: you know, we got a lot of great Yankees on this team. You know, there are a lot of great Yankees be here for a long time, you know, so don't get, don't get, Hey, don't be upset. Don't be upset. Hopefully you'll be a judge fan for life.
6: That did not sound like a guy who's going to be a pinstripes next year. Huh?
5: Absolutely not. <laughs> hey,
6: look, and again, we were having a pretty interesting discussion during the, the, the commercial break. And look, this doesn't, this doesn't have to do with betting right now, but this, I can guarantee you that assuming judge gets the free agency and the Yankees don't put together a deal. I can guarantee you we're going to have odds on where Aaron Judge plays next year in in November. I can guarantee you we have that. But based off of those comments, if there is a market in November, and again, it's the all-star break, 99% of people will forget what Aaron Judge said probably within within two days when the games start again. But keep that tucked away in the back of your brain. When the Aaron Judge to... Sign with a new team. Aaron Judge's next team for 2023 pops up, and that will pop up in November. Don't be too quick to lay a price or bet a small plus price with the Yankees. I have no idea where Judge will go go after this season. I have no clue. But what I do know is it probably is going to take a contract like Albert Pujols got, like Miguel Cabrera got, like uh like Matt Santos the producer of Lombardi line said during like Robinson Cano got from Seattle and we've seen all those contracts and not not very well Miguel Cabrera actually had the most success of all of them getting to the end at least somewhat intact Paulhols didn't make it to the end he's on his back in St. Louis obviously in Cano he's on his third team this year it's on the Braves the Mets and the Padres got rid of him this year. So, be fascinating to see when those markets populate. That'll happen in November sometime. But keep that tucked away in the back pocket where, where a judge was essentially saying, kid, there are a lot of great players on this team that you'll be able to root for when I'm gone. Which, by the way, Giancarlo Stan kind of proved that yesterday. We always seemingly forget when Giancarlo is locked in, there may not be a more fun guy other than Otani to watch in Major League Baseball than Carlos Stanton. That's all the time we have here on A Numbers Game today. Big thanks to Brian Ortega. Big thanks to the crew, Jeff Jens, Matt Hicks, Kevin Trask. For myself, Jeff Parles, the Lombardi line is next here on Visa.
2: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to